tell you how important schools work is, please. Um, yesterday, um, I happened to be walking through Westgate Gardens, and uh, a, somebody who was sat there with a child said, Mrs. Woods, that's me, by the way, um, and uh, I used to teach this child 25 odd years ago, and she started to talk, and she said she'd seen me recently and remembered a chorus I used to teach her, and she sang it when she'd seen me. She remembered all the words, and I was able to share the gospel with that girl. Well, lady now, she's 34, and I was able to share the gospel with her, and she was really at a point where she wanted to know, and we've taken each other's contact details. So that is that is the depths of school's work. That seed was planted 25 odd years ago, and the Lord has watered it. School's work is absolutely essential. We are throwing out the seed, particularly in primary schools. We are throwing out the seed, and the Lord waters it, and we never know when that seed will come and people become Christians. I'm now in contact with that girl, that lady, and I I think she's going to become a Christian. I really feel that was a divine appointment. So if you remember nothing else, please pray for that seed that goes out. All right? It's just amazing. I hadn't planned to say that, by the way, but I just felt that would encourage you. It encouraged me no end, no end um, yesterday. And I'd also prayed the day before, God water those seeds I'd planted over the years. So I'm just so thrilled about that. Um, and Heather, our primary schools worker, goes in. She's going into eight or nine schools now regularly, and she is planting seed. Please pray for her. You know about it. You've got the schools work um, newsletter at the back. She's going into various schools, and she's a gift from God for us. She's our new worker this year, and she's, she's really a gift from God, and it's wonderful. Um, I don't want to take too long from Heather. Um, uh, away from Louise. All right, okay. Uh, yeah, <laughs> okay. She, she's a wonderful lady, and God has just laid on her heart primary schools. Um, <clears throat> and we want to thank you for the support you've given financially over the years. We haven't got the finance at the moment to support her, um, but she's doing it on a voluntary basis. Um, and the schools love her. God has given her real favor. She's followed Jackie, who's been with us for a long, long time. But God has given her real favor in the schools. It's amazing to see because she's so different from Jackie. So she goes to a number of primary schools and throws out the seed. I see that as primary schools work, throwing out the seed of the word. And then Louise here in secondary schools, she goes and reaps sometimes and continues the work. And it's wonderful. <clears throat> but I want to say, I'm sure you've been told by John um, that you can pray, please. I'm sure some of you already are. You can give. You can be involved. You could be a trustee if you feel God is calling you to, to actually do something and be involved in, in a more practical way. Or go into schools and do some helping out there in, in various ways. That'd be great. <clears throat> Just one thing I want to mention before I hand over to Louise. I think she's ready now. Um, not only does Louise go into secondary schools and Heather go into primary schools, but at this time of year, they've been into some primary schools to do a year six transition lesson because the year six, the top of the primary school, move on to secondary school, which is a really, really big step for kids. And Louise and Heather have been going in and doing those lessons in four primary schools. Um, and the school that I'm in, 
I talked to a lot of the children and the teachers and they were thrilled with what they did and said it had really helped them. And hopefully these children will then meet Louise in secondary schools. So please continue to pray and support. And thank you for letting us have John as our chairman of the work. So thank you very much. And I commend Louise to you for our heart for the, those teenage children that she meets. So thank you. There we go. Is that better? Okay. Um, in a minute, we'll show you a film. Um, for those of you who don't know me, has anyone... I did have blonde hair, just to remind you. Um, but um, I came about a year and a half ago, probably. Does anyone remember that? Yeah. Fantastic. Okay. So I can just sit down and you remember everything. Well, I'm going to test what you remember now. And there's some sweets here, which um, I'm going to grab a few. So if you want to win yourself a sweet... Um, which I know all of you do. Um, I won't throw the lollipops because I might take your eye out or something, which isn't going to be nice. But, um, right, first question is, approximately... I can't say that word today. Approximately, how old do you think the trust is? Anyone? Hands up? Approximately? No, John can't. I told John he could. Oh, we had a 20 from over there. Here we go. 20, about 20 years. Can you catch... Ish. Oh, sorry. I'm just about to take out your lead pass. That's fine. Um, what areas of Kent do we work in? Anyone hands up? Like children? I won't listen if you call out. Canterbury, Whitstable, Home Bay. Yep. And there's one more. Canterbury, Whitstable, Home Bay and Faversham. Jo, you're not allowed one. You cheat. <laughs> she just listens. Oh, I mean... Oh, oh, sorry. I'm really not good. I'll tell you what, right, I've learned from doing assemblies what um, chocolate bars I can throw. And there are certain chocolate bars that throw a lot better than others. Milky Way, no, Milky Bars are awful because they're so light. And I threw them. I look like a right idiot when I do them. And Milky Ways because they're all light inside. You need a sturdy chocolate to throw across a, uh, across a school hall. Okay, okay. Um... <laughs> What age range do we work with? Anyone? Hands up. What age range do you think we work with? Oh, oh we got all ages in. Yeah. There we go. And two more questions. Oh, no, one more question. Sorry. We've got another question later. How many workers do we have in paid employment at the moment? If you were listening to Trish, you'll know the answer to that. One. One. Yeah. A little Coca-Cola sweet, I think. Okay, so as you know, my name's um, Louise. Um, some people know me as Lou. I don't mind which one it is. As my dad says, as long as you don't call me late for breakfast, I don't mind what you call me. So um, I'm originally from Bristol, 
Um, I came to Kent to study. I didn't want to come to Kent. I wanted to go to Birmingham, but God obviously has different plans. I also came to university and didn't really want to know much about God anymore. He also had other plans about that. I also remember that I said there was no way I'd ever be involved in Christian work. I was one of those Christians that just did secular jobs and was a Christian within it. God also had a different plan. (laughs) God saw it right to keep me here. Um, after I finished university. That, again, was not in my plan. Um, And he eventually brought me to this job. And the way he did that was I was working at the time um, voluntary for City Church, um, and I was doing their youth work there. And I got in touch with Tanya because a girl that I was discipling wanted to know if there was a um, Christian union within her school. So I got in touch with Tanya, who did the job before me. She... um, was like, well, there isn't, but there's going to be, so why don't you come along with her and, and uh, see what, what we decide to do. So I went along with Hannah, this girl, and we talked, and they set up a Christian union, and I kind of ended up somehow getting involved with going up every week to this Christian union. Um, Tanya then let me know that she was leaving a job, and there was a post going. I told every youth worker I knew that it was a great job and they should go for it, but there was absolutely no way I was going to go for it because I'm a Christian who works in secular work. Um, It wasn't until my best friend actually just turned around and said, are you not going to go for it yourself, that um, I kind of started to question it and kind of the journey started there. So um, there's me. You probably have also met Jackie McGibney, who was here with me last time. I think she might have done something with a pancake. I'm not sure. She did a little children's talk. Um, Jackie moved on, and uh, she is now a fam- full-time family worker for Tankerton Evangelical. Um, she left, and we have now got, as um, Trish said, Heather, who's just... It's been great seeing what she's been doing. Um, there's more schools that want her than she can actually commit to, basically. That's, that's how it is at the moment. Um, um, we went up to Kent College. She came up with me, and the, part the chaplain there was talking to her about going along to Vernon Home. It's just stuff she can't fit into her calendar with the fact that she's part-time and, um, at the moment. So um, that's a bit about us. I'm just going to turn myself off and do a bit of a runabout, but hopefully this will come up as a PowerPoint in a second. So...
There we go. That might have given you a bit of an idea about some of the work that we do. I know some of it's hard to see. Apologies for that. Just going to put that on the floor so I don't lose my notes. There we go. So, yeah, um, hopefully that gave you a bit of an overview about the work that we do. Apologies for the one that I suddenly rushed through and pressed enter. I didn't realise that I'd been so quick on that one. So, um, I wonder what you think about young people. I wonder if you think the gospel is relevant to them. How do we approach them with Jesus? All these questions are kind of what I... Um, think through in the work that I do. You know, I actually, I absolutely love working with young people. You get a straight answer from them every time, even if it's not nice. You know exactly what they're thinking. But I think they can be vastly misrepresented, misunderstood and misinformed. Can our young people make a difference in the schools they're in? Can ASBO-bound teenagers be transformed? Yeah. And not because of me, not because of Heather, but because of what happens when Jesus impacts someone's life. You know, I often wonder what Jesus would have done in secondary school. Unfortunately, he never went, um, or at least there were never any written uh, down things of what he did in secondary school. I wonder who he would have hung out with. What difference, therefore, does it make that Christ, the hope of glory, is within me? And how do I reflect that when I go into a school? These are all things I discuss not only by, my, by myself, that sounds a bit worrying, um, but also with the teenagers as well. And questions like this, it leads me to conclude that actually schools work is of major importance within our schools and with our work with young people. You know, the average teenager has completed over 15,000 hours, 15, hours of schooling. And then they've got homework at least two hours a night. Travelling to and from school could be about an hour. And there will be the promise of extended schooling, which is that school should be open from eight till six. Where better are we going to get alongside young people? You know, we have an audience of thousands to work with, even in the areas that I work in. Please don't hear what I'm not saying. I'm not saying that all youth work is meant to be doing schools work in the way I do it. But I do believe that schools should be taken into consideration when we think about the young people. It's about connecting with them at the place that they're at. You know, my dream is that young people will know Christ personally. They'll know his blessings. They'll know his grace. They'll have wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. They'll have their eyes and their hearts opened to know the hope to which they have been called. They will know purpose in their life. They will live a life of abundance and impact their community. And for them, their community is their school. And it's hard for Christian teenagers, and it's hard, just as hard for, for me and for you, but we were never meant to live a life alone. Okay? We've got Christ in us, and we live out of his strength. My desire is that Christ would reign over all the, all the schools. But at the moment, there's not much evidence of that. I think, really, they have a different gospel preached to them. You saw some of the lessons that I believe they are learning on the earlier presentation. I went into a school 
um, just this week, and I was talking to the PSHE teacher, which is personal social health, no, personal sexual health education, sorry. And I was chatting with her, and she said she was so bored with the lessons on sex education because all the teenagers learned was how to, get, how to not get pregnant and how not to get a disease. And she was like, there has to be more to sex education than that. We can't just give them the medical side. And this is coming from, as far as I know, a non-Christian teacher, just saying there has to be more than just this medical side to sexual health. They are being preached a gospel. It's just their good news is identity and sexuality, purpose in fame and success, hope in materialism and joy in an instant, peace from chemicals or harm and trust and salvation in me alone, if that. I believe that every young person wants to see change. They want something to change in their life. They want their reality changed. That's how they live their life. I want my reality to be different. That's why they go on these programs. That's why people are trying to constantly change themselves, become something they're not, because they want to change the reality that they live in. And we have the reality changer at our hands. We have the guy who completely changed reality at our hands. The guy who you can be sick and he can heal you. And he puts that in us, and we can do that. And that's the person that I believe I take into schools. I put up there a proverb that said, wisdom um, cries out in the marketplace. You know, wisdom isn't in the church. It isn't confined into this building. It isn't confined into the university halls and places of parliament. Wisdom is wanting to shout out on the streets. And for me, the streets are the schools. It's where people have to go. It's where they hang out. And I want to bring wisdom into those places. It's the community centre where wisdom is found. And more and more, what we're finding in secondary schools, particularly you will find with Herne Bay High, um, that it is becoming a community centre. It's the place where you go for your adult education, for your child's education. They might even have a primary school linked to them. They have um, the cinema on, on, in the school. Um, there's so much, you know, if you go to Canterbury High, there's a, um, there's a gym there. They've got um, loads of stuff there. It's a community centre that these places are becoming. And that used to be what the church was. The church used to be the place you would come to, but now it's the school. And a guy called Lee Jackson, who's been doing this job for a lot longer than I, says this, I genuinely believe that schools are the centre of our fragmented communities. People have to pick up their kids from school, so they meet at the school gates. Some great evangelistic work is done here as people gossip the gospel or invite their friends to Saturday morning kids club. That's why I believe schools are so important. Nearly every person I know has some sort of linking into a school, even if it's that they want to ring it every five minutes to find out whether their child's still there. They have, they have a school connection. The church is called to step into culture and invade with kingdom values, pour salt into it to purify it, to give true flavour, to be the uncovered light, to stand out in the community, to bring hope and truth to a community. And that's what I aim to do in my work, and it's what Heather aims to do in what she does. Schools are changing. The old traditional moulds of schools work don't cut it anymore. 
we have to change as a trust. We have to develop and mould. And so as a trust, we are looking at new ways of playing this game. And we would really value your prayer and your support in that. So how do we do it? Well, I'm going to start with the Christians and the old ways of how we do things. And then I'll explain to you some of the reasons why that's not happening and why we are looking to the new now. So a friend of mine says this about Christians. Christian kids in a school are undercover... Start again. Christian kids in school are undercover missionaries dressed as students. Schools are like the workplace where they should show integrity of character and fruits of the spirit to their co-workers, then giving them the right to share the gospel with them. And I love that idea. And increasingly, I'm discovering that Christian teenagers love it too. They've just never heard the idea that school could be their mission zone. For them, mission is when you're 18 and you get sent out to some foreign country. That's mission. And what we're starting to teach them is mission is right here, right now. And the other thing they find is we want to do it, but we have no idea how we're meant to be doing it or where or why. And over the last year, I've been working particularly with the leaders of Christian unions and six formers across the schools to look at what does this mean and how are we going to do it. And we've had training evenings. Um, we've hung out in Starbucks quite a lot just discussing this idea of what does it mean to be a missionary in my school? What does it mean to show character in my school? How do I show the fruits of the Spirit? And then when someone asks me a question, what do I say? What, how do I then respond to that? So what has been happening in school CEs? I'm going to give you an update on all the schools um, that I've been working in. Um, first of all, on a Monday, I'm in QE, which is in Faversham, Queen Elizabeth. They have a club called Spirit Level. That has just changed over leadership. It's had the same leader for three years, so it's going to be quite a big change. Um, as it is, she is going to volunteer, voluntary come in. She's on a gap year, so she said uh, that she wanted to come in and still help run it, but from a different angle. That is mostly um, year sevens to nines come along to that. There was a big group of six formers. They've all left now. Um, and that's run by a lady called Sue Johnson, and I go in and help her with that. But most of my work is just chatting with the young people and getting to know them and that sort of thing. Um, on a Tuesday, there is a club in Chaucer School. I'm not actually involved in that club at the moment. Um, that is run alongside, believe it or not, an atheist teacher, but she's probably one of my favourite teachers. She thinks she's an atheist, let's say that. Um, she's certainly not a God-hater, she just doesn't think he's there. But she's probably one of the biggest um, uh, adverts for Christianity that I know. And she goes along to this, uh, she, she runs it from a distance. The girl that runs it doesn't really want teacher involvement. Um, possibly because she knows that the teacher is an atheist. But she will help them, guide them around their questions. Um, a lot of girls go to that group that aren't Christians and just have very, very big questions, um, which they're trying to get through. Um, so I would love your prayer for Nikki. That's the girl who runs it. She does really struggle sometimes because she feels... I haven't given them the full answer, and I sort of have to say to them, but sometimes that's right. Sometimes we don't need to give everything to it. Um, so, yeah, Nikki, she's a great girl. Um, on a Wednesday, I'm in Abbey School. Abbey School is slightly different. Um, the group that we run there was set up by Tanya, and one, it, it works with a guy called Dave Robbins, who some of you might know from 
this is Herne Bay, Whitstable Church. <laughs> he's, he's a great guy, and his heart is really for it to be a safe haven for the kids that were, just didn't really have that many friends. Um, so it started off as quite a small group when I was there. Um, in the year that I became, began my job, there were two impact um, workers from Faversham Community Church. They started coming in with me, and because of the team growing, God seemed to bless us with young people. Um, we started doing a lot more assemblies in that school, and young people would just come along from the back of that. We now have a group of about 25 um, in the winter. It drops in the summer because of school trips and that sort of thing. But the group's about 25. It's highly female. I still have one of the impact workers. He now works within the school. Um, I'll tell you a bit about that in a minute. But... Um, Bless him, he does find it hard because he is surrounded by women for most of his lunchtime, that means. Um, and girls that kind of have boy problems and things like that, which is not what a 24-year-old man wants to hear. But um, we've started, it's been great. We've got two girls who um, are taking a gap year next year who've said, look, if we've got time, we'd really like to come up with you to that school. So we've got area to grow again. And what we want to do next year is start to um, break down the group. So... At the moment, what we do is it's um, kind of like a Christian youth group within lunch hour. So we play a lot of games and we have a bit of a God slot and we listen to what they think we've talked to them about. And so we might talk about, um, what have we talked about recently? We've talked about healing recently, actually. And uh, we afterwards, if you look at our newsletter, you can see what happened after that. And we just got them to say, like, do you believe it can happen? What do you think about this? And they all discuss their ideas. What we want to do next year is break down into smaller groups that they will stay in each lunchtime or each time we go in. All the games will be group against group, so it'll be um, sort of fun in that way. But then also what will happen is that they can develop real relationship with their group leader and we can actually get to the bottom of some of the questions. Because sometimes, those of you who've been in big groups of children, you'll get one kid who just says something really out, out of the box and really weird and you kind of have to go yes anyway um, and it would be great to be able to actually unpack where that child's coming from in the smaller group so that's what we're hoping for next year we also off the back of Abbey School a couple of girls who are Christians really struggle with that group because um, when they say what they believe they can't get much into they can't develop into that and they really struggle with how am I meant to be a Christian in my school now these girls are not in a, in a sense leaders um, yet but what we've started to do is on a Friday lunchtime, meet up and just, we've started going through John and we read a chapter and then we say, well, what, what does that mean for, what does it mean? What's it about? But what does that mean for us in school? How does that affect our life in school? And it's been great. One of the girls has actually brought along a friend of hers who um, is spiritual. She's not a Christian, but she's very spiritual and she's just loving being along. Um, one of the best parts of Abbey School is how the church has really, really got into that school. Um, those of you who don't know, at the end of the summer last year, um, I wouldn't say I felt called because I think I've been called for quite a long time um, because uh, they didn't stop asking me to move. But I eventually moved over to Faversham Community Church. I felt God um, finally kick me and say, come on, move. Uh, so I moved from City Church to Faversham Community Church to develop their youth work with an emphasis on the school's work that we've been doing. Um, Sam, who had done Impact, also then did a year of sort of a lot of part-time work, so still was coming into the school with me. He actually applied for the police, which he was absolutely sure he was going to get into, and didn't get in. And it was a bit of a confusion because we were quite shocked. 
He then um, applied for a job up at the school because one of the teachers recommended him, and he didn't get it. And again, we were like, what's going on? Like, seriously, we're sure God's saying that you should be here. Um, probably, I think it was about December time. He'd been told to get back in touch with the school in November. He'd been trying and trying to get in touch with um, the head teacher, not had anything. She'd been away. She didn't get back to him. And he was just like, I don't get it. I'm sure I'm meant to be in that school. And eventually what happened was I had a phone call from the teacher that I work with asking for Sam's phone number because the head teacher wanted him to, wanted to speak to him before he went into an interview because she, wanted, she basically wanted him to have the job. And she rang him up and she said, you know, I really want you to have this job. I am pushing for you. Um, but, um, you know, we, we would really love this, you in this school. How, how serious are you about this? So he spoke to her. He did get the job. Um, and he is now working with the gifted and able students, so the students that will go to uni, but will probably be the kids that are first in their family to go to university, so he works with them. Um, it's great, because it means there's, a Christian, there's more Christian presence within the school, but it shows how, our, how the church has linked in with the school and got involved in this school. The, church, the school, the head teacher absolutely loves the stuff we do. She rings me up, she's been in contact with me about things. She's even asked me if I would quit my job and start, start working in that school, which I won't. But, um, so there are real positive things that schools see within churches. Um, I'll move on, sorry. Uh, Langton's had a bit of a struggle at the beginning of September. It was just a nightmare. Um, those of you who don't know, the Langton's really pushed their young people. Um, and particularly the Christians that were in that school were Christians who were very, very gifted. We had a lot of musically gifted students and a lot of um, physically sport um, gifted students that were Christians and leading the CU. And we just couldn't. In both schools, we could not get a lunch hour where it was beneficial to anyone. Um, we'd just get trickles of people showing up and nothing was really done. Um, so we went to our favourite place, we went to Starbucks, and we had a little pray and a little chat, and um, I brought the boys and the girls together because I felt there was something that should work between the two of them. And what we decided was that actually they felt really pressured to do this, and that is something I really don't want to see in a young person. And so I said, well, what... What would not give you pressure? And, and we talked about it. And what we decided was every three to four weeks we would meet after school um, together. So the boys would walk up to the girls' school or the girls would walk down to the boys' school and have um, a worship and prayer and talk session. Um, it was geared for Key Stage 4, which is year 10 and above, but we did have younger ones come along sometimes. Um, I'll tell you what, I never thought it would work, but it has been one of the best years up at that school um, I've seen young people lead worship, um, sp do talks all off their own back because they just didn't feel the pressure to have to do it every week. It's been absolutely fantastic. We're continuing it next year. They're probably going back into the school next year to do a few things. Um, I'm not sure. I think some of you might know Emily Wicks, who is John Wicks, who runs React. It's his um, baby sister. She is leading it through and she's got the same enthusiasm that he has, which is amazing. Um, we're looking at doing some sort of uh, giving out things to the school for free, just giving out, you know, getting cookies and that sort of thing and just giving them out just to bless the school. That's something they really want to do is bless the school next year. Um, and what happened was we found, they asked if they could use a music room to do the um, after school group in. And the teacher there asked, 
obviously wanted to know why and what it was about. And we found out that that teacher was a Christian. And they'd never known that that teacher was a Christian. And she, me she meets with the teachers. Um, there's a couple of teachers that meet within that school and pray. And we really believe that their prayers have just laid the foundation for what was happening at the moment in that school. Um, just a quick few others. Barton Court, I'm in. Um, in a lunch hour, I do a small... We, it's more of a life group, to be honest, because most of the girls there are not Christians. Um, but there's one girl from Herne Bay. They're all from Herne Bay, actually, so please pray for them. Um, they come along, um, and it's her friends, her group of friends, and we just talk about life, and I'll say, what do you think about this? You know, the Bible says this. What do you think? Does it make sense to you? Um, what is absolutely fantastic about that is, as well as kids from Abbey School coming to New Day this year with us, unchurched kids, which is fantastic, we also have probably got one of the girls that's from Hearn coming along as well. Um, she, at the last minute, she said, actually, I need a break. I need to get away. Can I come with you? Which is great. Um, so we're praying for her. Um, I can't tell you her name, but um, please pray for the girl in Hearn that's coming along. Um, we're going to, I'm also been in touch with St Edmunds and Canterbury High are starting a Christian union next term. So there's loads of stuff going on. Please pray for Christian young people because they really, really need it. Something new for this year was an event that we created called Two Way. Um, I've got some pictures over there for it. Two-Way was piloted in Chaucer School. And the idea that was that we would get youth workers and people from local churches into the school and we weren't going to talk about Jesus. We weren't going to um, preach to these young people. In fact, we were going to listen to what they said. And we did it a bit like, a, I suppose, how Alpha is run, although it wasn't religious material. So we would talk, we would give say um, a little story or something and then they'd split into groups and they'd talk about what it meant to them. Um, it was actually heartbreaking, to be honest. Um, this was with year eights, and as you see from some of the pictures, some of the things that I wouldn't have even known about in year eight um, that they've written, um, of how they deal with their emotions, how they deal with being restricted, being told no um, about things. It's quite heartbreaking seeing what some of them have written. Um, what happened with that was it developed into something else because I had a uh, meeting with the head teachers afterwards and as we were having a meeting, a young girl came to the door um, and she's one of the girls that um, some of those quotes were from, not all of those quotes, but um, she came to the door and she wanted to go home, basically. She said, I'm ill, I want to go home. Um, the problem was this girl is on a truancy fine, which means if she goes home, um, uh, they, her mum could be fined again. So he wanted to get to the bottom of whether she really was ill or whether she was um, not. After 10 minutes of talking to her, she basically told me that the things that constantly are in her head, the things that she constantly thinks about, are how fat she is, how ugly she is, and how stupid she is. And those were the things that went round and round in her head all the time. And... Within that, I said, is there anything that makes you happy? Anything, anything that gives you a high? And she said, oh, yeah, 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 one thing. When I go out and when I get wasted, and by wasted, she didn't mean alcohol. She is 15, and it was quite heartbreaking. As we talked further, um, I met up with her again. I didn't get all this out in 10 minutes. But I found out that a lot of what she believes about herself comes from her father, um, 
and it was just her story is absolutely heartbreaking. I don't meet up with her anymore. Um, the school have taken over. She needed um, a lot of counselling, they felt, and actually me being there was just added to her getting off lessons and feeling stupid because she was missing lessons. So um, we stepped down for that, but it got me thinking about mentoring. And it's where we feel that the trust um, for secondary schools work in particular is going. And I want you to think about the, the story of the Samaritan woman. And a lot of people will say, oh, this is Jesus' way of um, evangelizing. I don't believe that. I think it's one of his ways. But um, it's the one that probably is nearest to my heart and the one that I... Yeah, the one that I probably work nearest to as a model, I suppose. Um, not that I believe in models of evangelism, but hey. Um, he goes to the Samaritan woman. He goes to the place where she was. That's where I go, to the place where they hang out, to the place where they need to get their water of life. She listened, sorry, she, he, Jesus has just changed, uh, he listens to her story. And that's what I do. I ask questions and I listen to their story. He doesn't just listen to her. He listens to his father for extra help in what is she really saying. And that's what I do. I listen to the father. What are they really saying? Lord, give me the question that will just take this to the heart of the matter. Give me the question. Give me the words that she needs to hear. I remember with this particular girl, um, I really felt God say, give her a Christmas card. I was like, what? I'm going to give her a Christmas card. <laughs> That's just so stupid. But I wrote in the Christmas card, you know, I knew that she wasn't going to have a good Christmas, which is why I thought, God, I don't want to make it even worse. So I gave her a Christmas card, and I just said, you know, keep going because you have got a lot of potential in you. And just her hearing those words, that there was more to her than what she'd been told all her life, um, I really believe that opened some stuff up for her. So he listens to her, he listens to the father. And he lets her work out who he is. He lets her work it out. And that's where I believe I come in with mentoring. We're starting to approach schools with this model where it is me listening, me asking questions, me telling maybe stories. I love Jesus' stories because they just leave people more confused than ever. And, uh, you know, that's, that's what I see. You know, I tell a story and I let them work out what, what's in that story. Um, how do you get it? My, fr- my housemate, my ex-housemate, um, is a storyteller, and she will tell you that the rule of storytelling is never to tell the ending of a story, mm-hmm. never to tell the moral, never to say, what I mean by this is, um, especially when you are telling a story about Jesus, that's her rule, because it's about people opening up to the story, receiving something from the story, and being able to um, engage with it and ask their own questions. And that's what I believe the mentoring will be doing. We've talked to Barton Court, and... Um, I spoke to a non-Christian deputy head who, um, she wanted to know whether I was going to pray with them. That was her only problem was if I was going to pray for them, which I said, no, I'm, I'm not going to pray with them. Um, we just, and I showed her some of the material, which you can see um, here. And I just, um, I just shared that with her. This is, what, this is how I see it happening. You know, it's, that's, that's what Jesus did. Um, and that, that side of Jesus is what I want to do out of this mentoring and she's still great. Can you meet our year heads? Um, so I had to go to another meeting where I met up with the heads of year. And I, I'll be honest, I was so scared because I thought, oh my gosh, like, there's 10 people that are going to be asking me questions. And I went in and she literally said, 
Okay, guys, we're going to share something with you. Louise is going to share what it is. But I'll tell you what, we'd be really stupid if we don't have this in our school. Um, and I was just like, okay, um, <laughs> wow, that's a bit of a big entrance. Um, but as it is, I spoke to the, I spoke to the yearheads, and they were really up for it. And they've given me a slot on a Tuesday afternoon in that school. But what made me laugh was they said that I said, well, that'll be four people um, in, in that, uh, that time that you've given me. I can see four people. By the time we'd finished the meeting, they'd come up with about eight names already of kids, and they were saying, there might be some Year 7s that need to meet up with you as well. And I'm thinking, you've given me half an afternoon. Like, there must be more to this. Now, there's two ways of there being more to that. One way is that I just do more hours at that school, but then that means that if other schools want this happening, um, I can't do more hours in other schools. The other way is a way that cast who do this, my job in Maidstone, have done it, which is that... Once schools were satisfied with the work that the worker had done, she said, well, I could always train up people from churches to come in and do what I do. And it was such a link of they've now got 10 non, you know, voluntary workers that spend an hour a week in school with one or two young people, just talking to them, just listening to them, and just being a positive input into their life. I believe that you don't have to say anything about Christ in these sessions for him to be known. Okay, I believe you can sit with him and they can work it out for themselves. And I believe that if you're living out the fruits of the Spirit, if you've got Jesus within you, he does shine out from you. I'm just trying to find where I am now. <laughs> the second thing that we've looked at, which I don't think as a trust we will go into as such, but it's something that churches can think about, is extended schooling. Now, as I said earlier, schools are going to be open from 8 till 6. They will be the community centre I met with um, some guys from KCC who do the extended schooling. They would really love churches to be involved with doing things after school. And one of the main things that they wanted was parenting clubs. They wanted um, parent support groups within schools. And I was like, what a way for a church to get involved. Like, don't be scared. You don't even have to talk to young people. This is the older people you can talk to. And you can, you can sit with them and share things. And there's great courses. There's a, uh, Rob Parsons does a parenting course. Care for the Family do a parenting course. So you don't even have to come up with your own material. You just take it along and you can do it within the school. So please, if you're... If you're interested in that, think about approaching your school as a church and saying, how can we, how can we get into your extended schooling? How can we support you? Um, if you want to run a club, I can give you tips on that. But I think it's the other part of community that you might need to look at for extended schooling. How can we support the other areas, not for the young people, but for the parents, for the adult education, that kind of thing. So that's, that's something for you as a church to think about. To do this work, we really all need to work together. We've got our own parts to play. All are different, but all contribute to the work. Sometimes I still do lessons. I don't do it that often. I'd love people coming in with me to do lessons. We tend to do it as a discussion. Um, We're year 10 and above, and it's brilliant what we've been doing. So Chelsea School, just for your... Um, for you are the only school that I do do lessons in at the moment but St Edmunds have asked me to do some next term so there's a few schools where lessons are still allowed lessons are being written out that is the truth Um, and there's a thing called citizenship and that's what RE is taken into moral code, moral ethics Um, Christianity will go into that Um, quite a lot of schools are finding kids don't take up RE for GCSE for A level or if they do there's not enough to make a class so they put it in with citizenship um, 
and it kind of, as a short course, um, it doesn't really work, to be honest, and a lot of the teachers will say that it doesn't work. Um, assemblies is the other part I do, and again, they're just being cut down so much. Uh, the one school that I was in has um, asked, well, not asked for us not to come in, but hasn't asked for us to go back. We found that they've done that to everyone that was going in. It isn't just Christianity that they're not having in. They're not having anyone in. Um, so there are real things happening in schools, and this is a time where we have to look at change and where we have to, one, pray against the things that are happening, but two, we really do have to look at how do we get into the schools once they're closed in the traditional ways. But my biggest prayer is that one day they might close me out completely. They might say, oh, there's no way I can come back. But the students that are within the school, those who know Christ, they can't shut them out. They can't tell them to not do what they do. And those are the guys that need prayer to know what it is to live a life. Um, just your mission statement is totally my mission statement for those young people. You know, pray that for young people in schools. Pray that they will live life Jesus' way. Please come and help us breathe life into lifeless people. Maybe you want to join the trustees, as Trish said. We are currently looking for people, and you can talk to Trish or John about that. But let's thank Jesus for all he's doing and all he is going to do, and ask that his will would come on earth in these schools as it is in heaven. But before that, I just wanted to say thank you very much for having me. Thank you very much for your continued support. Is that cool? Um, I'm sure many of you do pray for the schools to take them these lessons and so on. But I think you can see how vital it is that we've got this, this window and it's changing all the time due to legislation. Um, and uh, you know, and Louise has to be on the front foot all the time looking for different opportunities. It's not the same this year as it was last year. Uh, but I think you can see that youth is a great deal of initiative and listening to God as to how she can get to these young people. And uh, I don't know about you, I was very moved by just listening to, you know, the heart, what goes on in these young people's lives, and, and yet there's somebody out there to, to rescue them and to, to introduce them to Jesus. So can we just take a couple of minutes and pray for Louise? If someone would like to come up, if you feel fitly constrained, just lay hands on her, ask, her, ask for more of the Holy Spirit, that she hears God more and more, and she increasingly is receptive. One of the changes that she mentioned is this mentoring, and the schools will look as if schools will welcome them. You know, and I think we just take take the opportunity, but it does involve others getting involved because um, she can't do it all. But if, if someone would like to come just briefly and uh, and, and I'll lay hands on Louise. Yeah.